0: Welcome to Dragon Talk.
1: Hey. That went up a little bit. I like it. I
0: like it too. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm Greg Tito. Hi,
1: Greg Tito. I'm Shelley Mazanoble.
0: Nice to meet you.
1: Nice to meet you too. I've heard a lot about you.
0: We're here in this tavern. There's lots of things happening There's all like around us. There's like
1: a weird elf over there to the left.
0: <laughs> but a really cool dwarf.
1: Contact. Don't make eye contact.
0: I made eye contact.
1: Dammit. He's coming over here. He's going to kill us dead. Oh, he's the waiter. Oh, well, hello. Hello.
0: May we have all of your cheeses?
1: And maybe some delicious breads. <laughs>
0: but not the sweet breads.
1: Oh, God, no. That's the worst.
0: They, they, they fool you.
1: It sounds like a delicious cinnamon swirl coffee cake. And it's the opposite. It's so
0: opposite. It's like, here are glands. Or intestines. You love, you love glands, don't you? Here's
1: something from the inside of a sheep. <laughs> But there's no cinnamon
0: <laughs> And it's also not sweet
1: No swirls <laughs> Not a
0: breakfast food You know, you think it's going to be like cinnamon toast crunch, but it's not I don't even think it's bread Is it? No. What's the bread part? There's no bread involved It's
1: not like like intestines pudding
0: This has been uh, your message from the National Sweet Bread Institute Don't eat it <laughs> It's gross. It's so (laughs) gross. (laughs) So we're here supposed to talk about uh, Dungeons & Dragons recipes. You know what? Because this is the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I really hope Nathan's
1: not listening. I know.
0: He's going to be very upset Mm. with all of the things because uh, we have some fun things to talk about. Yes, we do. Waterdeep Dragon Heist is going to be in your hands very soon, September 7th. That's a Friday. That's really soon. You'll be able to play nonstop. Uh, And uh, we've got two amazing guests coming on. This here podcast, uh, Josh Peralt from the Taking Initiative podcast and Victoria Rogers from Broadswords.
1: Awesome. um,
0: They put together this great slew of uh, programming that's going up on the Dungeon Delve thing that we're calling Podcasts of Waterdeep.
1: So why do they do that?
0: Um, because it's so they're, much work they're a big part of this d d live play uh, community in the podcast world and uh, we did these for uh podcast of foes we did podcast of annihilation oh I know
1: like why we do them yeah and they're awesome but these two fine people have like agreed to put It's so much work.
0: It is a lot of work, but it's a really cool creative idea. I
1: appreciate all that they
0: get to work with a a cross section of the D and D. I love
1: that they do that.
0: Live play community telling one continuous storyline through this one. That's the that's what's cool about this this one. Yeah, is that it's 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 all episodes that uh, uh, feed into the next. Uh, no way! Okay, that's out. even
1: more coordination. It's more coordination. That's crazy! Yeah. So um, that just tells you also how amazing our community is. It's true. That they just take this upon themselves. Like, wouldn't it be cool to do this? I'm doing it.
0: Let's yeah, do it. Exactly. And I'm like, high five. Yep. Go for it. Go uh, for it, thank uh, So I'll talk to them. I don't think Shelly, you're going to be on this okay. uh, interview because you've got important things to do. Sweetbreads to critique and sweet recipes to, to bake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which stinks. I'm sure you would have had wonderful questions uh, for you. Yeah, them. like,
1: why, why are you doing
0: this? I'll, I'll, I'll make sure and ask him that. Yeah.
1: Thanks how? for doing it, but I don't understand.
0: Uh, number one, how. how? Number two, why? It's number three, so
1: much. What? Yeah. And number seven, ah! Yeah. And ooh. <laughs> Don't forget
0: that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, what? Uh, so all this is in preparation for uh, the Waterdeep Dragon High story that is coming out for sure. Uh, it'll oh, be show. in uh, your hands, like I said, on September 7th uh, in game stores. It'll be everywhere else on September 18th. Uh, But we also have some cool books coming uh, from Matt Forbeck uh, called The Endless Quest Books. So
1: excited. You'll
0: find those uh, in stores on September 4th. uh, And it's four different choose-your-own-adventure books set in the D&D universe, each of them having a different class as their uh, main character. And they're awesome. They're very cool. We're going to talk to Matt one of these days. Oh, I can't Uh, wait. uh, I think uh, we got something scheduled for next September. Next September.
1: (laughs) I think Quinn might have a future. As a choose-your-own-adventure writer. Really? He's, we've been reading them to him, and he decided to read them to us.
0: That's cool. But he doesn't know
1: how to read, so yeah. he
0: just kind of tells us stuff. Have you been showing him the ABCs and 123s of D&D? Oh, yeah. Yep, he loves that, too. Nice. Because uh, those are coming out, too. Uh, October 23rd. Yeah. 15 bucks each. Uh, rhyming couplets, perfect for reading aloud to your youngins.
1: Very important. Very important. As the reader. To have something fun and interesting to read. Oh, my gosh.
0: When my kids pull out the book that I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are we doing this? But then they pull out like a Dr. Seuss book and I'm like, this is so much fun. I get to rhyme and have funny voices. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much better. It's kind of like that. Yeah. It's more of, of that. More in that vein, and it gets uh, them really interested in what's happening I in the D and D universe. It's Children. super cool. Uh, D&D's so those are coming for you, October twenty third. Uh, then, of course, we've got Dungeon of the Mad Mage uh, coming. Excuse me, uh, in the game stores on November second, plus everywhere else on November thirteenth. I don't know if we've talked a lot about this, but there is a ancillary product to that called Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage Maps and Miscellany.
1: Okay, number one. Love the title. Yeah,
0: right? Anything that has miscellany in the title is like A-OK. and I love
1: alliteration.
0: That's true. Mad Mage, Maps, and Miscellany. I love it. I like that, too. And also,
1: what a good idea. Yeah.
0: It's blown up all the maps that are in Dungeon the Mad Mage, so you have them in individual pages, but then a lot of other stuff uh, involved in there. That's the miscellany.
1: The miscellany. In case you were wondering. And now Pelham doesn't have to write permission requests or letters to people who say, can I please blow up your maps in this book? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to put a stick of dynamite in your maps and can blow them up. Can I please have yep. this miscellany? Exactly. Yes, uh, so that's can. coming out on November 13th. 25 bucks uh, there. It'll be super cool. Uh, as well as Dragon Heist Dice that are coming. Oh.
1: You uh, are just going to be
0: heist out. Heisted up and out. And uh, Guildmasters Guide to Ravnica is following hot on its tails. November 9th in game stores. November 20th everywhere. And that is our first foray into... A uh, world of the magic universe. The Magic no. The Gathering is a card game. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Have you ever played it?
1: No, no. Is it so? It's new.
0: Yes, it's very okay. brand twenty only twi- 20, 25 years old.
1: Brand new to an old bat like me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who says you can't teach like, an old bat baby. new tricks?
1: <laughs> me,
0: you can apparently, because uh, we're going to teach you how to do some magic. The magic It'll be fun. I
1: learned how to play the magic twenty five no twenty almost twenty years ago.
0: Do you think by the time this comes out, uh, a new. Uh, Announced product will be out.
1: You tell me. I
0: think it might. We can't say it. We, we won't say it, but it's called Dungeon Mayhem. Oh, and my it's God. Awesome. You just said it. We just said it out loud. You'll find all about that uh, at your favorite outlet somewhere on the web. You'll, Probably. you'll find out more about it then, uh, but it's very cool. Very quick, fast-paced card game based on the Dungeons & Dragons universe. So fun. Designed in-house. Kids will love it, yeah. as will adults. Play-tested by uh, some, some very famous individuals such as Pelham Green.
1: Oh, yeah. He yeah. was
0: all up in those playtests. He was all up in them. Yep. It's true. Yep. Do you want to throw it to a segment? Do you think we got anything else we want to talk about? What's going on in your quick uh, well, Avalon Hill it's world? it's just like
1: we have a lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening this fall. There is. So in between all those awesome D&D releases, don't forget, there's two awesome board game
0: releasing. You could be betrayed by zombies. You could. <laughs>
1: in a creepy house in World War 2.
0: In World War 2. Huh?
1: Uh-huh. Access and Allies and Zombies comes out October 26th right before Halloween.
0: It does indeed.
1: So if if you like the zombies, it's an awesome zombie game, but That's if right. you also like World War 2 strategy board games, this is a really fun one. That's true. And if you've played Access and Allies and enjoyed it, then this will be a whole new take on that because it's true. much different. It's crazy. Yeah. And then the most beautiful awesome betrayal legacy it's so
0: beautiful. I love it.
1: I so we are going to start playing. It is really beautiful. Tell him you too.
0: The art direction on that by uh, uh, Shauna Wolf Narciso and her whole oh. team there has been amazing. I
1: know. And Trish and Emmy did um, the, all of the interior. Mm-hmm. And Scott O'Kamara did all the, the tiles again. You know, there's never been a betrayal game without his beautiful tile illustration.
0: That's great. Yeah. Let's keep that, let's keep that streak alive. It just keeps
1: getting darker and darker, <laughs> but oh my
0: God. That's very cool.
1: It's so good
0: Well let's throw it To a quick uh, segment Real quick Okay And uh, I keep saying The word quick Because I'm running Out of time And I'm hopped up On coffee Okay Uh, So bing bong It up Welcome to another Lore You Should Know. My name is Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Mr. Chris Perkins. Hi, Greg Tito. We are here to talk about little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore, and this one is a very little bit, uh, Obscure Wizards of the Realms. There yes. are many of them. Uh, player characters embody some of them, but there are others in lore so many. that are very interesting. Uh, and,
2: uh, I thought and, I'd just sort of pick on two. Um, and this needn't be a long, long topic, but you never know. Sometimes the short ones end up ballooning. It's very true. Yeah. But So I, I should mention that the realms has more than its fair share of wizards. And that's due in large part to Ed Greenwood.
0: Loving just, just loving wizards. Just
2: loving wizards. But part of it stems from the fact that back in first and second edition, Uh, there was kind of after the player's handbook and Unearthed Recounted release there was kind of an explosion of spell design Mm. and in order to um, bring the world of Forgotten Realms to life one of the ways that Ed did that was he created all of these new spells that sort of existed in his world and the wizards who created them in many cases if they were arcane wizard spells right um and it was also the fashion to put the wizard's name in the spell. Right. Like, like um, Tensor's Melf. Floating Disc or Melf's Acid Arrow, Morden Mordenkainen's Mansion, that kind of thing. Yeah. It, it sort of started there, but then Ed took that and just ran all across Faerun with it. Nice. Um, coming up with uh, a host of new wizards and their signature spells, basically. And he also took the time to uh, create... Entire spell books. Like, uh, uh, he'd, he'd give a named spell book, mm. and then he'd tell you all the spells that were in the book, who wrote the book, where the book is, where you can find it, that kind of thing. Got it. So... Um, he did this over a series of Dragon Magazine articles called Pages from the Mages mm-hmm. that was then later, I think in second edition, translated into a, a book of the same name, Pages which consolidated mages. a lot of those old Dragon Magazine articles and updated them. Very cool. So Pages from the Mages was a very popular Dragon Magazine um, series because it dealt with new spells, and players are always looking for new stuff for their players, play or, for with. their characters to play around with. Yeah, And so... Um, But that put the onus on Ed to come up with all of these wizards and their names. And coming up with wizards and coming up with names are two of Ed Greenwood's superpowers. (laughs) And a couple that spring to mind right away are Aganazar. Aganazar. Known for one spell and one spell only called Aganazar's Scorcher, Mm. which has survived and been translated, I think, into every edition of the game now. As that title of the spell? That's the title of the spell, Ganasar Scorcher. And it's typically a second-level spell that sends out a blast, a quick blast of flame that can engulf a number of creatures in its path. It's like a more concentrated, focused, um, burning hands. Got it. And it's sort of like a whoosh, and it's done. Right. Um,
0: Could deal a lot of damage. Yes. But on. a right. short... short yes. uh,
2: uh, and what's, what's amazing enough. to me is that this, this fairly straightforward evocation spell, fire blasts out of your hands. Um, has kind of been so, been popular enough to have been resurrected over and over and over and over again. And I got to think that's because the name is cool. Yeah. Um, people just seem to like the name Aganazar. Uh, it it, Aganazar's
0: Scorcher sounds just awesome. Yeah, it's got the right it, amount yeah. of uh, syllables like and and power and disease and, yeah,
2: yeah. and all that kind of thing. All together, it just sounds like a ferocious, cool spell.
0: Um, or it could be a drink, too. Like, right, Like a yes. fireball in there. And be it, very yeah,
2: good. precisely. So that begs the question: Well, who is this Aganazar guy? Yeah. Well, in the entire history of the realms, as far as I can tell, looking at every source that I have available to me, we know only one thing <laughs> about this luminous wizard who that created his name this awesome spell: was Aganazar. That his name, that his name is spelled A G A N N A Z A R. <laughs> he created the spell, and apparently he lived for a time in Neverwinter, and got killed. Okay. By, uh, they say, Red Wizards of Thay. Got it. That's it. That's it. He that is lived all, in Neverwinter. He lived in Neverwinter and died there at the hands, possibly, of some other evil wizards. Well, was uh, he an evil wizard himself? Unclear. Got it. Uh, he was um, part of a group of. Um, he was part of a group called, I think, the Covenant, which included um, three other wizards, uh, one of whom I think is Presper who's known for a spell called Presper's Moonbow. Oh. Um, I think that's the only spell that carries his name um, that, has, that has sort of survived the test of time. But yeah, so the spell has basically transcended the wizard. Right. Um, we know almost nothing about this guy, nor likely are we ever to. So he is sort of a blank slate lore-wise. And as I was going through, it started with Aganazar. But as I was going through and researching these wizards, I found that it was sort of like a template mm. that most of these wizards are completely um unknown in terms of their details. Now it's possible somewhere in Ed's barn or basement he's got he's got the notes, the the treatise on who Aganazar <sighs> was and you know you know, who his family was and how he lived in Neverwinter and the right. things he did in his spare time. That is probably all lodged.
0: There's in, a portrait commission exactly. for each one of these yes, wizards. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah. But we have never taken the time or had the interest, for whatever reason, to really delve into who this guy is. And so he's a complete cipher. And so another wizard that I looked into after Aganazar to see if he followed this template. Mm-hmm. And he does. And his name is Snillock Snilock. S-N-I-L-L-O-C. Mm. And he... What's his, his spell? His trademark spell is Snilox Snowball. Oh, I'm getting a, I'm getting a trend here. Yes. And so... Uh, and the spell is very low level... And it literally is you conjure a snowball and can throw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the
0: most Canadian spell ever.
2: <laughs> definitely a Canadian spell. Uh, and uh, there is a higher level version of this spell, however. Snowlock actually surpassed Aghanizar. In having, I think, two spells. Two spells. With his name stamped on it. The other one is Snillok's Snowball Swarm.
0: Oh. Which is like Yeah, exactly right? Exactly like, what you think it is. Like you were piling up a whole right. bunch yes. of snowballs and we're throwing right. them all yes. at once.
2: Yes. I'm sure this spell came out of a you know a cold Canadian winter. Yes. Um so that's and so looking into Snillok's past, we only know one thing about him. He
0: went to Zakara. Oh. That's it. Did he he didn't return? Maybe dead. Nope. Maybe alive. Yeah, Maybe he's a lich. It's like, okay, the, the
2: wizard who perfected snowballs went to the desert.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's I why guess he, he
2: was probably very popular there. I mean, you got
0: water, right? You got a yeah.
2: source of water. Yeah, you right. don't need a cleric sure around no- with you. I'm sure the novelty must have been great. Like, yeah. ooh. You've never
0: seen a snowball yeah, before, Yeah, a snowball.
2: You? Yeah. So, yeah, apparently he went to Zakara, and that is literally the end of his story. Wow. Well. A wizard made a spell. That made a snowball, and then he went to the desert.
0: What I like about all of these obscure wizards, though, is that uh, by us highlighting them here, perhaps their stories will continue. Yes. Right? Or or begin. Or, yes. Uh, yes, or right? happen. Uh,
2: and so these are but two examples of what is a plethora of fabulously named wizards mm-hmm. of whom we know absolutely nothing except for the legacy that they left behind in the spells that are named after them. And um, I think that it is uh, part of the D&D experience, if you ever play a wizard in D&D, that at some point in your wizard's lifespan, you're going to want to create a spell and name it after yourself. Right. I think that's just part of what playing a wizard in D&D is all about. If there's so, a legacy there. Like I that. do remember... Uh, when I was when I was young, um, playing earlier editions, that I did have a wizard at one point and did come up with create my own spells and name them after myself, and they were probably all terrible. But, um, I think that's it's like a, a rite of passage, right? Indeed. It is the
0: only way to kind yes. of make a mark upon yes. uh, the, b- both your home game, but also yeah. the game as yes. a whole. Yes, <laughs> but if anybody,
2: <laughs> but if anybody uh, is interested in knowing uh, or discovering some of these other obscure wizards. I, I would suggest you, you dig around for the, the second edition Pages from the Mages book or get it online, probably on DMs Guild. It's, yeah. it's there with all the other FR it's stuff. RPG classics. Yeah. And uh, you can read up on these uh, spells, many of which have not yet been translated to fifth or probably not even fourth or third. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if you're interested in knowing who Nichaser was or, <laughs> you know, Nihilu or... Uh, Niche uh, n N'ch- C H A S E R, the chaser, the chaser, the chaser. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you gonna all, do? i yeah. <laughs> chaser. Yeah, uh, the chaser. But there's, they've all got uh, fancy spells, and you will never know, you know, any more about the wizards than that.
0: But if you wanted a uh, a catalog of NPC wizards to drop on, huge yes. you'd uh... and you can
2: pretty much uh, you know chart your own course with these guys because so little is known about them that whatever you want to, use, however you want to use them in your campaign, yeah, works. Or or yeah, exactly. You're not going to overwrite some carefully curated, guarded canon with these guys because we don't know much about them at all.
0: And it doesn't have to be. Uh... You know, as whole cloth, you could even just like, oh, you find a spell, yeah. and rather than a, you know, yes. a, a spell that you might know, like a fireball or something yeah. like that. One of these one yeah. of these obscure spells, and then yes. all of a sudden, your players will be asking questions. And the fascinating
2: thing is, is that this is really a phenomenon um, unique to the Forgotten Realms. Right. Our other published campaign settings don't have this plethora of blanks, blank spell names because... It was, it was a it Greyhawk was, thing, wasn't it, it? Well, it started in Greyhawk with yeah. the Mordenkainans and the Tensors and the Autolukes and the Rarys and the Big Bees and the blah, 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 blah. But then... Ed ran with it. Ed totally ran with it. And I think that was just by virtue of the fact that he had a regular column mm-hmm. in Dragon Magazine and... <laughs> gotta fill it with something. <laughs> and wrote so many of these spells. Yeah. Um, hundreds, hundreds of spells. Uh, and, and some of them are just
0: wild and worth checking out, so... Yeah, uh, have at it. If you're always wondering about like you know creativity in in spellmaking, yes. like yes. you know, yeah. yeah, they may not all be balanced or perfect, but they, nope. they might nope. spark an idea. or yes, two. Yes, they will. That's cool. Awesome. All right. Well, if people want to uh, throw spells at you, mm-hmm. how would they do so? I am on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Awesome. Uh, and uh, of course, you can uh, ask Ed uh, on on Twitter. Is, of course, uh, Ed, Edverse? the Edverse. Uh, he might be able to spark uh, a yes. few uh, creative. He, he
2: might know. He might know what happened to Snilock after he went to Zakara, assuming he even knows that Snellock went to Zakara. <laughs> you know, the th- funny thing about our worlds is sometimes the creators, you know, they create and then these things take on a life of their own. Exactly. other people, other people write things about these characters. Yeah. Um, in in a Bob Salvatore novel, Bob refers to Aganazar as basically an incompetent trickster. Oh. It's like a one-line throwaway. Um, well, that's another detail. Yeah.
0: You said there was only one detail. That's two. There's two. Yeah, p- but, it, but, it,
2: but it's all... It's, um,
0: it's heresy. It, right? No, you it's not it's heresy. heresy.
2: It's uh, kind of like third-person reporting. It's, it's right. done in, from a character's point of view in dialogue, so it's not necessarily canonical. It's one character's interpretation of this
0: individual. I like, I like that, though.
2: Yeah. That's kind of cool. And that's that one of cool. the best
0: parts about working within a shared storytelling universe right, is that different people can react to it different way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Somebody will like a name of a character, and suddenly that character will be much
0: more important than the creator ever intended. Exactly. All right. Aganazar, that incompetent bastard. (laughs) That trickster. Uh, We are now done with you and uh, this Laurie Cheneau segment. So thank you guys. Uh, We'll be back next week. (laughs) Mitro. Uh, all right. Well, you're here for the metro. Uh It's this is a thing. What did you think about that segment? Did you learn everything you need to know about yeah. all that? Yeah. All right. Well, I really wish you were here for this interview. Me too. Uh, but you're not. You're gonna go whisk away. So Sorry. let's take her away. Rear 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 rear. Man
3: eater. <audio <audio
0: <audio <audio <Miller> Uh, I am here by myself in this room, or at least on microphone. I do have two uh, amazing folks, uh, Mr. Ryan Marth and Pelham Green in the room, but I'm also joined electronically over the interwaves by two other amazing people. Uh, Hello to Josh Peralt. Hello.
3: Hello, ma'am.
0: What's up? How's it going? Uh, And uh, Victoria Rogers.
4: Hello. How are you? Hello.
0: Welcome, both of you. So, uh, why, why are the two of you together on this uh, amazing tour uh, slash mm-hmm. interview extravaganza? And that is, uh, we are doing a, a uh, podcast promotion, I guess we'll call it, called Podcasts of Waterdeep. Uh, and, uh, well, actually, yeah, why don't I throw it to one of you guys to say it instead of, instead of me. Uh, Victoria, what is, what is this all about?
4: Well, this is to celebrate the new module that's coming out. And it's a little bit of a riff of what Stream of Many Eyes was going on, and, but only this is podcasting. Uh, so we've got 10 episodes. It's going to be a lot of fun of an ongoing continuous story set in Waterdeep using some of the NPCs and loca- locations found in the new module. Um, kind of give you a hint of what you can do with lower level characters sneaking around.
0: Yeah, and uh, you brought in a whole bunch of awesome guests from the audio live play community.
4: We did.
0: Too too many guests? Were there too many? No. No.
4: Can you you have too many?
0: (laughs) There was a lot. That's all I... I, Yeah, there is a lot. (laughs) So who who are some of the fun people you, you, you got to work with on this?
4: Well, We have, let me bring up the list because there is a lot and I will forget them if I don't have my list up here. Uh, So we've got as guests, we have Matt Young from Hello from the Magic Tavern, Kelly Lynn D'Angelo from Girls Got Some Glory, Chris Perkins joined us. Uh, Holly Conrad, James Tomato, Adam Carnavalli, Scott Kurtz, Andrew Young, Anna Becerra, Carlos Luna, Satine Phoenix, Rudy Rutenberg, Kyle Vogt, Ross Rockefeller, Ivan Van Norman, Volanda, Kyle, Christina, Ariel, Maz, TJ Storm, Matthew Lillard, and Adel Rafai. What? Yeah, that is that like a lot of guests. That's
0: a yeah. pretty star-studded uh, uh, list. Uh, in addition to uh, the the major uh, you know podcast groups uh, that are involved, so uh, you know, uh, let me throw it to Josh here for a second. You actually took the initiative uh, last yeah. year around this time for uh, an idea similar to this for a podcast of annihilation.
3: Yes, yes, uh, that was yeah about one year ago. We did the first podcast of event after I pitched it over your way, and you're like, "Yeah, that sounds good." Pretty and much, just kind of ran with it. Uh, and then uh, Victoria did a uh, podcast of foes. And now mm-hmm. we are working together for this one and co-planned and co-wrote it. Yeah.
0: Cool stuff. And so, uh, Josh, you're com- you you were coming from the taking initiative uh, podcast. Yes.
3: Yes. We, uh, we are uh, one of the podcasts that don't do the homebrew material, but we do the modules, but concentrate on the homebrew classes. That way we can go about it in a slightly different way than just the, just doing the book. Uh, right now we're doing Chris Distraud.
0: Sweet. And, uh,
3: it's a fun time,
0: <laughs> slash awful for everyone involved.
3: <laughs> it is. We're actually done recording, uh, but our last episode comes out I think in December or January. So, oh, wow, we're kind of taking our break now and about to jump into Storm King's Thunder in a couple of weeks.
0: Are you basically doing all of the 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 D anD D adventures that have come out in order, or just well,
3: a, we, as we it did comes? We first, uh, mm. and that took us about two years to go through because we do a bi weekly release. Ah. Um, and, since we're doing the podcast of events along the way, that's our way to kind of dabble into the modules as they come out. Uh, but Bucky really wanted to run Storm King's Thunder, and that's what we're going to do next. So I'm going to be passing over the DM screen his way. Oh, cool. And I'll get clear this time around.
0: Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and Victoria, you run a podcast called Broadswords.
3: Yeah, it's one
4: of the Broadswords. We're an all-woman D&D actual play podcast. Uh, we do more a homebrew story, um, but it is set in, well, currently it's set in Rashomon, which is in the northeastern area of Faerun. Mm. Yeah.
0: I'm not familiar with Rashomon. What's, what's going on in Rashomon?
4: What- uh, Rashaman is a matriarchy ruled by witches. Ah, uh, Yes, it's, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, well, uh, Minx and Boo, the people are probably pretty familiar with those two characters are from Rashomon uh so it's just it's a fun kind of out of the way place that has a lot of like really cool spirits and ghosts and things that I thought would be fun to bring in as a story
0: that is really really cool um and so yeah what was the the inspiration to uh create what's going on here for for Podcasts of Waterdeep where did that all uh stem from
3: uh, like for the event itself, well, the stream many eyes as soon as it was done. I know Victoria and I both reached out because we're like we want we want to continue this podcast of thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, while we were chatting with uh, you and Pelham, I believe was on that call as well. You you pitched that why don't we just write it in a similar way? And we uh, went at it of like okay, let's let's pick a story. Let's try to go off of where stream many eyes left off, and. Go in a different direction, but tie in all the episodes, which was um, a fun, interesting way to write a story since all the groups are very different and recording out of order. So Mm -hmm. we needed to figure out, like, how are we going to intertwine all these different stories and characters together? So Victoria and I thankfully got to talk to uh, Ivan Van Norman, who co-wrote the Stream of Many Eyes, and he gave us some pointers uh, some tips of how he went about doing the off the table stuff um for that stream mm-hmm. and yeah we we just kind of dove into a uh, a couple of plot points we really wanted to hit, and uh we got everybody else on board with it, and putting all those dms in the same discord channel was mm-hmm. a gorgeous thing to watch. It and was a little one. Everyone- Everyone's like, hey, what about this idea? And then one of the DMs was like, oh, cool. If I take that idea and throw it into mine, can you work with that idea for me? And it just became a, a community of just gorgeous DMing and idea throwing around. And uh, it, it was a wonderful thing to watch.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So v- v- you, you enjoyed that Discord, Victoria? <laughs> oh,
4: I totally did. It, it, it was it was a lot of fun, as Josh said, and just seeing people working together and then, people would say okay well I'm going to do this in in my episode and someone says oh well that's a cool idea I'm gonna try to incorporate it or maybe introduce that as a location in my episode too Um, just so that we have continuity but also just like a lot of callbacks and a lot of a lot of fun and people are very aware of that and it, it just that that sense of collaboration was I've it was it was really great because normally when you're a DM, it's a very solo thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. You're you're creating this on your own and you can't tell anyone because then it ruins the story. Huh. But with this, you're able to to DM with a group of people and it, being able to share that what is was a new experience as a DM.
0: Yeah, the way you guys are talking about it. And and I mean, uh, Josh, you have you have experience working in TV, but it almost sounds like a. Like a writer's room,
3: right? Yeah. Like, that, that Yes. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't get to work on that side of things uh, as much, but I do get to hear all those discussions. Uh, for people who don't know, I work in post-production. Uh, I'm an online editor for TV and film, so, like, I work on Blue Bloods or the Purge TV series that's coming out soon. So all these, like, serial things where you get to hear, like, how these episodes are written and created, and that influences my DMing uh, for taking initiative as well. I tend to talk to my players off to the side and try to, like work in their points or what they want to happen but you know held secret from everybody else at the table yeah so i try to plan it and uh run it Uh, if anyone heard an episode that i've dm'd before i tend to structure it as like the camera moves or the pan uh there's a pan that happens where you zoom out i I treat it like a tv show or or a movie so working on this felt exactly like that Mm. you had your beginning section you throw in your hook you build up towards a conflict and then you, you know, you have your resolution at the end. It was one solid story. And as much as Podcast of annihilation was great for exploring the different locations, we had a little bit of intertwined kind of, uh, working togetherness that was going on, uh, which is one of the reasons I wanted to start the thing was for the community building. And then Podcast of photos, we had a lot of groups that Mm. got to explore all these different types of monsters and encounters uh, and you got to see everyone's different style of play. And we got to hone in both of those concepts together and make something a little bit more cohesive and uh, having everybody definitely working together in every episode and across episodes, which yeah. is even better.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, Victoria, it almost sounds like you guys were taking like, you know, uh, by having to record the episodes out of order, you had to have a really uh, a clear sense of what the building blocks of the story were.
4: Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what, what Josh and I did is we we went through what each episode would be like with just like basic plot points that we suggested should be hit just so that we have something continuous. Mm-hmm. And then we we presented those to all of the DMs. They chose which episode they wanted to do. And then we all then worked together with the details.
0: That's so cool. And then, I mean, you, uh, most of them are recorded now at this point, right?
3: Yeah. I think they're all Done. Uh, yeah. Most of them are even all edited. That's. So cool. uh, I can't wait it, to listen. Some of them were pretty massive. I think I finished mine at like twenty hours. I think Aram finished his as twenty five. Like we just dug in and made this probably one of the better episodes we've tried to pump out before.
0: Wait, twenty five so, hours?
3: Twenty five hours of editing?
0: Oh, of editing? Whoa! Yeah, yeah really? per
4: episode. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I edited two episodes and I I mm-hmm. put about twenty hours each into them.
0: Holy moly. Was, yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: that's,
0: yeah. That's that's getting it down to, to a fine point for sure. Now, when you guys do edited stuff, uh, you know... Uh, a lot of what we do here on the D and D Twitch channel is very off the cuff. It's very much like we, you know, we'll be, you know uh, Perkins can plan out what's going to happen over the episode, but it doesn't necessarily impact other groups, and so he doesn't, you know, he can just kind of change what, what what happens for that. But for for this, it had to, you know, it had to have kind of a beginning and a middle and an end for each episode. Uh, was that what was the most difficult part of editing, or was that just more of a uh, let's get to the to the core parts of these that were the most entertaining?
4: Yeah, I, I think it's about we we also had a time limit for time limit for every episode. We wanted to hit around the two hour mark. And and so with with dice rolls and maybe some rule looking upping um <laughs> and those sorts of things, that that takes time. So so right. those are the things that you like edit and you cut out. And then you need to score it and you need to add sound effects and you 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 know you need to do noise reduction and you're bringing in guests who aren't necessarily podcasters mm. so do they have the equipment uh that that a podcaster would normally have so you you know you know got to work on their audio a bit to, you know bring it up uh but it, it all in all like it, i mean it's just a labor of love and you do it because it's fun and you want to yeah. give a good product out to everyone
0: that's cool yeah. yeah so uh both of you have been you know within the Live play community for for a while. Uh, Josh, we talked to you last year and got to hear a lot of your background. Uh, but uh, Victoria, this is our first time speaking to you here on Dragon Talk. So, what? Uh, w- when did you start playing D and
4: D? Oh, I was young. Um, I, well, I started playing tabletop games when I was about nine or ten. Whoa, um, but really? that was with Hero Quest, which was like d and D light. Board yeah. game um, that they don't make anymore. Um, my mom was the GM. And then from there, when I was about 12, my dad told me that a friend of his from work had a BBS
0: bulletin board <laughs> service.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Pre internet. Um, and they played D on there. And oh, no so way. Would you like to play? So that was my first experience it was when I was 12 playing on a BBS. And then from there, I, I moved to chat rooms because the internet arrived. Um, so I played in chat because I didn't know anyone in person to play. And it wasn't until high school mm. uh, that I you know, was able to meet other people and then start playing. And then I've just been playing since.
0: That's great. What was it about that uh, experience with your mom as GM that you th- I mean, wh- wh- was, was that the galvanizing thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. And then you were finding opportunities later on?
4: Uh, well, I have always been drawn to fantasy. Mm. Like as a little kid, like my Shira was like my favorite cartoon. Yeah. You got a chick who's strong with a sword, running around on a flying Pegasus unicorn. I mean, what what could be better? Um, and then those were all the stories that I gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. And then with my mom gming, and you get to like role play, and it's like I love. Playing make believe as a kid, and I get to continue to do it as an adult, um, <laughs> but with structure and rules. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I think it was just a continuation of my love for make believe and fantasy.
0: What what kind of fantasy did you, uh, other than She did you dig? Uh,
4: well, like books. I was really, my favorite book was The Hero and the Crown. And the Blue Sword by Robin McKinley. A lot of like just young adult books that were had strong female characters who were the ones rescuing people Mm. and slaying the dragons. Those are the ones that I gravitated towards the most.
0: Yeah. Those, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there was a couple of those, uh, you know, from uh, that era or, you know, the early 80s and stuff that that Mm -hmm. spoke to me as well. And that I always go back to that as being like, that's why I was from that weird cartoon Flight of the Dragons that I (laughs) like, you know, watching it now, I'm like, oh, why did I, it's not that, (laughs) not that good, but it it would transport me very much to the world. So, yeah, I'm always, I'm always interested to find out what, what other windows did other people find to get them into, into fantasy. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, And then, yeah. And then when you're, when you're talking about how to explain D&D to people, I always go back to that. It's, it's like playing pretend, but with, you know structure, a framework yeah. around it, but that's basically it.
4: <laughs> yeah, collaborative storytelling uh is you know you have a scenario with a group of people, you're presented with that scenario, you're given a group of skills, and now you got to solve it
0: yeah yeah I have uh, uh two daughters now uh there's there's seven and five. And uh, that's basically what they do. They, they come up with scenarios of, of, of what their toys are doing and playing with each other. And I'm like, you're just basically playing D&D. And then they fight over who gets to be the DM, essentially. <laughs> They're yeah. like, no, I don't want to do what you want to do. I want to do what I want to do. And you're like, all right, well, who's, someone you know, take turns being the dungeon master.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a similar thing with my kid of uh, every night... Uh, whenever I, I have visitation with him, I get to do like three stories. And it's either you pick three books or you can replace one of those books for a story that we will tell together. Ooh. And I get to tell him kid-friendly versions of the different games that I have run or been a part of. <laughs> and I ask him for like his input. So for one of them, I ended up telling the story of when I ran Celeste and Brittany from the Venture Maidens uh, in an in-game, in-universe D&D game about unicorns. And he had a blast with it, and he would just start, you know, introducing like, oh, unicorns and dragons and giants. So he's doing the building blocks of that storytelling process, and I can't wait till it expands further. And he loves drawing on the grid maps and making traps, and <laughs> just it's it's cool to watch your kid starting to go through that creativity phase.
0: It totally is. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh,
3: I say phase like it stops. <laughs> right.
0: We're all we're all living in that phase. <laughs> yes. I think as humans, we basically want to live in that phase for as long as we can. And, uh, you know, that's what D&D lets us do, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned uh, Venture Maidens. Uh, they are under one of the groups who are participating in podcasts of Waterdeep. They sure mm-hmm. are. Uh, who are uh, I, I, I love Celeste and everything that they, they do there. What are, what are some other groups that uh, uh, are, are, are gracing the episodes?
3: We have, uh, in order, if I'm remembering correctly, we have North by North Quest. We have Dragon Friends. Then it's Taking Initiative, The Broadswords, Venture Maidens, Dungeon Drunks, uh, You Meet in a Tavern, and then Drunks and Dragons. And then episode nine will be DM'd by uh, Lisa Chen, or Merciful DM. And then episode 10 is DM'd by Aram Vartin of God's Fall.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that's, again, another star, uh, uh, you know, uh, studded lineup of uh, podcasts out there. A lot of them were folks... Uh, that have been involved in the previous podcast of, uh, but uh, what can you tell me about North by North Quest?
4: North by North Quest are a group based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and they they record all at the table. And what they do is actually a little different from a lot of other uh, D&D podcasts is they do collaborative storytelling. Mm. So they, they rotate DMs uh, throughout it. And they also kind of come up with a storyline ahead of time together as a group oh, um, cool. and then someone is the DM so the, the DM still has a lot of agency in what they choose but the overall arcing story uh, they do do together ahead of time but they're not exactly sure exactly how that story is going to manifest because it depends on on what the DM does but yeah there there's uh, David and Tiffany and uh, They, they're. I think David just finished DMing, and Tiffany's going to be taking over uh, in the next season.
3: Yeah, awesome. We got to meet them at uh, GenCon. Yeah, we uh, did. Along with the Venture Maidens, and you meet in a tavern, and you got to meet. uh, I think almost half of the groups uh, when we were there, and all for the first time.
0: Sweet, that's that's what uh, gaming conventions can be all about: is uh, people getting together who have only conversed online or or you know by post back in the day (laughs) they would come up and you know be like hey (laughs) let's actually get together and see each other face to face so that's that's cool that gen can still kind of be that hub uh what was it like what you know with i think you mentioned before we started recording josh that was your first time there
3: it was my first time there uh john uh or bucky and i did a a little bit of a road trip from new york city to indianapolis and uh, it was a nice 12, 14-hour drive or so. Did you
0: go on Route 80 there on uh, in Pennsylvania?
3: Uh, yeah, we were in Pennsylvania for quite some time.
0: It, that's what all I remember about that road trip out. Anytime you leave New York City, gosh. it's just like,
3: gosh, we're in Pennsylvania for like 5, 10 hours. Yep. And, and then that, John and I were ka-junk, like, ka-junk, going through, like there's, there's so much corn. There's so much corn <laughs> everywhere and nothing. Uh, but we got there and... Uh, honestly everyone was exactly how we expected them to be and it was probably and i'm not even going to say probably it was one of the best weekends and experiences i've gotten to have and we all left and immediately just missed each other in the event it was full time
0: that's pretty cool yeah uh what about you victoria
4: I, it was my first Gen Con experience as well. Uh, and actually, I, I was roommates. I shared a hotel room with the North by North Quest with David and Tiffany. No way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it was the first time we met. But we were like, "Yeah, hey, let's share a hotel room. Okay. Uh, so we did. And but and I met Josh for like mm-hmm. in person for the first time. I mean, leading up to Gen Con, Josh and I had been like FaceTiming and like chatting
3: constantly. Every day, um, every morning, every night. <laughs>
4: he was like the first person I spoke to in the morning and the last person I spoke to at night leading up to this. But, um, it's yeah, no, it was so much fun. And like, I, um, it was strange. I was, for me, I was just excited because I was invited to uh, be on panels with people that I really respect. And I did a live show with hello from the magic tavern and it was just one fun thing after another and meeting people.
3: So I had a cool. blast. Nice. Did that was you, a fun show.
0: That did you guys really play cool. a lot of D&D?
3: I didn't play any. I played one game of math. <laughs> that was it. I,
0: that sounds very I, I similar. Played. Yeah, go ahead.
4: Sorry. I played one game nice. of D&D. Yeah.
0: That is exactly my experience from going to Gen Con. Uh, I haven't been in many, many years. Uh, but when I was on the press side, I would go and I'd be like, I'm going to play this and I'm going to play that and da 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 And no, you, you're basically running from appointment to appointment or meeting to meeting or, or making sure that you're, uh, uh, you know, seeing all the collaborators you want to meet with. Like it's, yeah, four days of gaming for some people, but for others, it's just <laughs> being able to meet.
4: Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely a meet and greet and have fun and enjoy other people's company kind of weekend. But it was a blast. Definitely going to go again.
0: Very
3: cool. The one game I got to do, it was DM'd by uh, Lauren Peterson, who's a DM for another podcast in our network, uh, Nerds on a Roll. And he was running some sessions of masks. And we just wanted to get to play with somebody that's been across the country we haven't gotten to meet the entire time. Nice. Um, and it, w- it was fun. And we just did that just to be with him. And the rest of the time was like, cool, let's hang out, let's have drinks, and let's stay out till 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> yeah.
4: I-, I went to bed at a reasonable hour. Thank- I certainly did not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being the adult. Uh, uh, but I, I-, I-, I would have been, been there with you, being like, all right, it's 11.30. I'm going to... Good night. Yeah. I'm and then I probably it. would... We-
3: we all said midnight was it that was it we were going home and midnight was not it we just went to another bar that was it
0: (laughs) there was imagination to be discussed oh yeah exactly
3: at one point like so Joe from you meet in tavern and I are working uh, in the same location uh, for a podcast of Waterdeep so we had to create it together Mm. and beforehand Joe was like well we'll just tell our players to go off to the side they'll hang out we'll grab a drink and we'll, we'll talk I'm like Yeah. Okay. And then we were there, both of us were like pretty into the drinks. And he was like, want to talk about the?" I'm like, no, dude, no, we're not doing that right now. You just can't, if you tell me stuff and I tell you it is going to be gone. So we just ended up hanging out and just referenced the fact that we'll just talk later.
0: (laughs) You had, you needed that frame of reference. You needed to be able to have that, that uh, relationship building time before you could get to the, to the real collaboration later on. Right?
3: Yes, Absolutely
0: that's crazy it's a great time man that's cool and it was it it was uh fortuitous that gen con kind of came at the moment where a lot of the episodes for podcasts of Waterdeep were being recorded so yes uh i think some of them were actually recorded at in indianapolis is that right
3: um i don't think so i think i think we all said after gen con because this weekend is crazy Uh, But we ended up meeting some of the other players. Like, I got to meet Matt Lillard before our game because we did the finale together. So I got to meet him beforehand um, and just meeting the other groups in general. Uh, But I don't think we actually recorded any. Uh, That may have happened for POA, but I'm not sure about this one. Got it. Uh,
4: I don't think so. I think they were all recorded afterwards. Um, But there was a lot of talk about it and there was a lot of discussion. Right.
0: So it ended up being a, a, a vital collaboration tool, even if none of the uh, the recording was done. there. probably better not to have to record w- away from your home, you know, office yes. with your microphones and
3: everything like that.
4: Yeah. It was, that, we'll call it a team building exercise.
3: <laughs> I, I agree with said statement, yes.
0: <laughs> I subscribe to that newsletter. Uh, so, yeah, what was it like uh, meeting Matthew Lillard and seeing what uh, his uh, Beetle and Grimm company is all about?
3: It was cool, man. Uh so, I, I definitely wanted to hit up a couple of people I knew who were going to be there, and I didn't get to catch a lot of them. But I did get to catch Matt because he posted his booth number online. Mm. Um, so I went over. Um, I, I've been a fan of Matt's since oh, I don't know, like hackers, like back in the day, serial so, killer. Uh, yeah, so I I knew all of his you know stuff, and going up to meeting him, and just because of the nature of my job, the whole starstruck thing is just it has to be out the window. Right. So it was one of those like. I'm really impressed with your work. I'm glad we're going to work together. I just want to meet you in person and just say, Hey, after all the emails and I can't wait to, uh, you know, get together and roll dice and stuff. And he was one of the kindest, most down to earth people to talk to. There was no, you know, weirdness or anything. He was just like, I'm here and this is my company and I'm really proud of it. Uh, and he, he showed me some of the stuff that was around the booth. And, uh, a lot of people were very happy and excited to see all the products that were there. Mm. Uh, there was gorgeous artwork on that man like uh all the different kind of props that you'd get for the different box sets is just very well made
0: they it's are cool. good oh yeah, yeah. you got to yeah. see if you actually hold them huh
3: uh, i did not get to hold them because i was just going around i was oh. like Ooh, pretty <laughs> yeah but other people were definitely around and like you know you know manipulating and checking them out and uh there's a lot of people asking a lot of very good questions for him and matt was just super excited to talk to everybody about it
0: that's cool. I'm glad he uh, uh, was uh, game for joining your the, the this whole thing. Like he's like, I just want to play more and get the word out there. So that that's really cool. And I I love what they're doing. And hopefully, what you guys are doing are an inspiration to folks who are getting that platinum edition to 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 you know uh, create stories, collaboratively like like you guys are doing.
3: I yeah. hope so. Yeah? And this module specifically is it lends itself to so many different styles of gameplay. Right which we did on, on purpose for this episode. You have your dungeon crawl episodes, but you also have your episodes with little to no uh, initiative roles at all. It's just purely role-playing. It's yeah. for the intrigue portion. It's for heists. It's for you know the politics. You can go in really any direction you want to. Because mm. It's just a big city and so much to do. that You can go, I want to go in this direction. And then your players will obviously go in the other direction. You have to <laughs> follow them. Uh, but yeah. it, it lends...
0: What do you guys think? I mean, you know, Victoria, I'll throw this to you more of like, you know, uh, I was introducing some new people to D&D uh, a couple of weekends ago, and one of them had played, you know, OD&D back in the day, and he was struck by uh, how the like, character flaws and bonds and things are like on the you know, front and center on the, the, the character sheet. And mm-hmm. he was like, Oh, we didn't do that before. We just rolled up stats and we ran in and we, you know, hit each other with sticks essentially. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is so much different, but I love it so much more. And do you feel like that lends itself more to the the type of content that's this audio play type of, of, of content?
4: Yes, very much so. Um, like the broadswords. like I, I've been playing D and D for years, like over 25 years, um, <laughs> But um, like the other broads, they had never played before. Um, so before we, I taught them how to play and I, they really jumped right into it because it was character and story focused. And when I ran them through our episode for, for Podcasts of Waterdeep, uh, with Chris Perkins, which is a lot of fun. That's nice. a DM for Chris Perkins, uh, but um, he's really good at looking up rules for you, so you don't have to do it yourself.
0: He's like the best player ever for that reason. <laughs>
4: yeah, he is. And then he would set things up for me, and I'd be like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> um, but uh, it it just lends itself to role playing, and it it lends itself for for collaborative storytelling and being a DM and allowing and like have having that leeway for your players to, to add their own stuff. Mm. Um, It's not just you narrating. It's you presenting that saying, okay, so what do you do? And really letting them narrate and, and give um, their part of the story. And you just kind of guide what they do so that it just doesn't become a random tangent. Um, And it makes it cohesive. And uh, I think that the the, the new module really lends itself to that because you can, like Josh was saying earlier, you there's so much to offer within there. Um, there it's not just, okay, let's XP and grind. This right. is more, lends itself to milestones and to story.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you guys have actually had your hands on the adventure for a couple of weeks now. So you yeah. had a chance to kind of, Digest it and 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 see how you would run it. And and I, I agree with you; it does feel way more like a uh, sandbox. Like here, here is here's here's your city to play in, and here's all the hooks and things that you can use if you so choose. But there's also like just use those as examples for the story that you may want to tell within Waterdeep.
4: Because mm-hmm. there are so many really cool locations in Waterdeep that that it talks about, um, and a lot of really fun things that, that really maybe aren't there in the actual story, but they are mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I really grabbed onto one for our episode. I won't get into it too much because I don't want to spoil it. But uh, there was something, it's not really there in the adventure, but it's in the book. And like I, the, the second I read it, I went, yes, this is it. This is what we're doing. Uh, I, I need to have an adventure set here. Uh, so th- there's a lot of inspiration in there.
3: Yeah, you knew exactly which episode you were gonna run like immediately, and where it was, and what you were doing. You're like, "This, oh, yeah. I'm doing this." Yeah, uh, that was one thing. Also, when we were initially pitching everything, Victoria was uh, uh, putting out the idea of each episode or some episode should feature different wards of Waterdeep. We should explore right. the city as a whole. We have enough episodes that we can go in and start seeing uh, like a different. You know, section like what are they doing by the docks or where they doing where everyone is really rich? What about like you know, uh, you know, a random theater or something? Like it's there's so much in Waterdeep that you have your you know pick, and each podcast tends to run their episodes you know, a bit differently. I've been listening back to the episodes just to QC them, and everybody has a very unique style, all the players are. You know, they're focused in different directions. Like uh, Victoria's episode is immensely role playing based and try. And as Victoria said, like having them do the narration mine, I went a very experimental way and all the people that are there, they're not in one cohesive party. There's like three or four different sections of them and how they are going to work together or against each other. Uh, You can have very different styles, but still be able to play in this module all the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fun to jump in and stick your toes and 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 choose where you and your players want to explore. Uh, it's it's, yeah. and I love also that it's a complete contrast to uh, uh, Tomb of Annihilation and and the Curse of Strahd and Storm King's Thunder and where we've been before. You know, this is very micro scale as opposed to macro of, of worlds ending and, and uh, uh, liches colliding. It's, it's very much a uh, what happens on the, the granular level in, in a fantasy world. Uh, I dig it.
3: Yeah, and it's cool how you can take all those little uh, battles. Like It's not world ending, but to your players, it could feel that way. Right. And you, it just depends on the scope that you put on it and the amount of importance that they think it's worth.
0: Like I almost, like uh, if you want to compare it to uh, like, like M- Marvel Cinematic Universe properties where like the Avengers are like the bigger world's ending folks where uh, what's happening in Waterdeep Dragon Heights is very much the Defenders. It's very much like the Luke Cage's and the, and the Jessica Joneses dealing at, the, at, the, at a much smaller level that feels very important and is, could almost have more drama uh, to it than these larger than life conflicts that the, uh, uh, the bigger named heroes have to deal with. Yeah.
3: We yeah. did compare this to Avengers quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mostly because uh, we took some characters that exist in all these other podcasts and put them all together. Oh, yeah. Uh, like Matt plays a very familiar character. Uh, Dungeon Drunks, I believe, pulled in their original team. I have some people from my game. I know Victoria has some of the broads. Like, we, we definitely pulled them in. And also, I ran a, uh, a quick one shot that we released about a week ago that continued on with the characters of Adam and Joel from DJs for Nerds and Nick from Taking Initiative, the two Dabaxis and the Gnome Barbarian, doing a little bit more in Tomb of Annihilation, which mm. led into this event. So we were trying to make this the accumulated, um, all the people you know getting together in the same room and um, hopefully no one snaps their fingers.
0: (laughs) Should have gone for the head, man. (laughs)
3: Should have gone for the head. (laughs)
0: Uh, So, uh, yeah, well, Victoria, this is something I've been thinking about a lot when I'm running my own games. uh, And it's shifted over the last 10 years where I used to you know, be in the weeds uh, when running a game uh, when it came to, you know, coming up with random NPCs that I needed to kind of generate on the fly uh, and be like, oh, man, I just can't wait for us to roll initiative uh, so that I can just get to something that's a little bit more easier to, 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 to get to. Uh, but I feel like now in my style, I'm almost more the opposite. I'm like, oh, crap, we have to roll initiative uh, yeah. and fight a battle. Uh, Do do you feel that? Or or... oh,
4: I totally feel that. I am on page with that. I I'm like combat. Yeah, combat's great. Like don't get me wrong, combat is fun. Uh, But I I prefer I prefer skill challenges. Mm. I prefer role playing. I I prefer people coming up with creative solutions to to situations. Uh, Combat can be fun, but you know sometimes. Sometimes it can drag on a little bit, especially if you do have newer players and they're not quite sure, you know, exactly how their, their characters work. Or, you know, it's the first time they're playing a, a caster and they've, they're a wizard and they've got like seven pages of spells that they're, you know, trying to figure out. Um, with, and it's great and it's fun. And I, I you know, you got to have some combat in there because you, you need some, some risk. Um, but, but you can have risk in other ways, too. And those risks can be just as important to the story um, as combat.
0: Yeah, uh, is it harder? Is it harder to edit uh, the audio for a combat scene than it is for a role playing scene?
4: Yeah. It is. Um, It takes three times as long to edit a a combat just because of the dice rolls and because of people reading things and looking at things Um, and and also just pacing. Because when when someone's listening to a podcast, if if they're just really listening to you saying, okay, um, well, uh, I'm going to roll with my bow. Okay, roll. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, what's my modifier. And then it just, (laughs) you don't want to listen to that. No one wants to listen to that. Um, so you end up cutting all of that out just so you can keep it going. You keep that flow and also just gives it that more cinematic feel of that, that risk and that excitement and that this is happening quickly because let's remember each round is only six seconds. So let's, you you want to keep that going when you're doing a podcast because it is it is a game, but it's a game for entertainment. Yeah. So it's a little different than when you're at the table.
3: Ways I've I've seen to and used to enhance it is throwing music in. Uh, that tends to keep it going. Yeah. Um, also, when I'm DMing, there was a moment in Curse of Straw that there was a time limit. So I was uh, my, you know, I was just talking and going. Okay, you're doing cool. You can't figure out what to do. Cool, your turn is skipped. Go and just keep on. You know, making everyone go. And you can do like a three hour combat, but it'll turn into a one hour episode by the time you're done cutting it down. Yeah. Uh, so we've tried to stick with more of the role playing as well for that reason. It's a story and then every so often you're like, this is our combat episode. <laughs> After the combat we're going to go on to more role playing stuff, but here's your combat for the people who are craving it and the fact that we just need it. Uh, you need to run things a little differently in podcasts. It's, yeah. it's not just for you at that point.
0: Do you have to train your players a little bit so that you know, said so to, to what you were talking about, Victoria of like the, well, I'm going to roll with my bow. And you're like, that's, that's not really what's <laughs> happening. You're, you're, you're trying to shoot your bow. Not really like, so yeah. do you ever have to like, can you just say that again and tell me what you're doing in, a, in an editable format?
4: Yeah. Um, because they were new players, they didn't have those habits already. Mm. Uh, so, so that was easier for me. Um, to get them to do because they didn't know any different
0: right Ooh, that's uh, that's like that's a, a perfect reason to get all new players into your podcast isn't it
4: yeah it was it was it was quite nice because i and it's made them better players just when they're not in front of a microphone mm-hmm. because they, they add a lot of more flair and a lot more story to to the games that they participate in now um but when i do bring in guests because we we do bring in guests um Sometimes I'll ask them to repeat things. Um, sometimes there is a little bit of direction, not not a direction of I want you to do this, but do what you did, but give me more description, more narration. Um, describe what your character is doing. And I, I ask a lot of leading questions. Hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll say a lot of things like, well, what does it look like when you do that? And do you, How are you feeling about that
0: do you keep like those do you edit those out typically or do you keep those leading questions in there
4: uh sometimes I edit them out sometimes I leave them in hmm. uh, it depends on the situation um i, I think too because in, in our podcasts so one of the things that we do is because they're they're new players we do keep some of the rule stuff in um just because that's that's just our angle as we want be new people, uh, new players to D and D to be able to listen to our podcast and learn from it. Right. So, so we, we keep some of that stuff in, not all of it because it, then it would just drag on, but we do keep enough in so that there's enough, um, I guess a little bit of teaching.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that has been, uh, a, a huge part of why I think, uh, we're seeing a surge in, in Dungeons and Dragons popularity is because people, can listen to it or watch it, and can uh, grok the idea of what it is to play in a game so much easier than merely reading a book. Right, you're you're yeah. you're, you're able to kind of get that into your into your brain in a way that uh, you know. Even the old school OD and D manual, uh, I think it was in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it had a like a script that showed like, oh, this is what a typical D and D game is like, and that was. Illustrative, back when I was a kid, but it still was not the same as what it's like when you're actually at the table.
4: No, it's not the same. Yeah. It's I, I podcasts have like reinvigorated my love for D anD. d I know that much, um, and I know if it wasn't for for some podcasts, some of my players wouldn't be even be pl- interested in playing D anD. d
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Now you guys. Are pretty firmly in the audio uh, uh, creation mode. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that versus the video? How, how how do you think about what you're doing differently? Josh, I'll throw it to you.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. I was I was gonna I'll let Victoria answer. Um, so for me, I tend to stick with audio for uh, a couple different reasons. One, I can actually do audio while I do other work. If there's video going on, I know that I can't really do that. Um, so there's very few video things I tend to watch, Critical Role being definitely one of them, and Critical Role being one of the main driving forces of why our podcast even exists. Mm. Uh, just getting to watch them you know, go through 5e, it helped us learn the rules uh, because we played 4e and 3.5, uh, but 5e Critical Role was kind of my introduction to that. Um, it, when you watch a table as, like, critical role, that is just, like, uh, they are actors. They tell that story. They're able to dive in. And it never really, at least to me, it doesn't feel like it's slogs at all. It's just they're always doing something that's it's important to the characters or it's important to the story at all times. Um, the inability to edit... Uh, makes me a little bit nervous at times, especially if I'm on stream, because sometimes, you know, in a game you'll say something and be like, oh, that shouldn't have been said, <laughs> that should have been cut. or I meant it in a very different way from what I said, maybe we should change it. Uh, you can't do those retakes. Um, podcasts, you you have that creative force of like, here's the music I want to add now, especially in retrospect going, oh, if I connect these two scenes together this way, or maybe if I mm. A and B the session from two different angles and then combine it in a different way. Uh, in our episode, I ended up narrating something and intercutting it back into the episode. You can't really do that kind of thing when you're doing it live. So you have two very, very different styles of play. And the live stuff is very good for an audience who especially wants to learn how to play, see how the game is run, especially for themselves. Uh, because the podcast, it can kind of lie a little bit of it, You don't know that it took three minutes to look up a rule in the middle of it because you're not going to put that in. Um, they they have very different styles to it. And, um, uh, especially me as an editor, uh, I like to, I like to edit stuff. I want them to be kind of little audio dramas. Um, that's, that's kind of how I handle it.
0: What do you think, Victoria? Victoria?
4: Uh, they're they're two very different things. Like like Josh said, um, I, I think a, a podcast is like an audio drama. It's like going back in time to when everyone sat around their radios and listened to a story. Uh, that's what a podcast format is. Uh, live is like you said. You you just go um, and you need to be on the ball. Constantly, Mm. It's a different game. We've started to do a little bit of live streaming ourselves, the broadswords. Um, We're just kind of starting to dip our toes in it. We're learning. Uh, There are certain things that you... There's a whole different technique (laughs) for streaming. But at the same time, I think that's what a lot of people like about streams. It's because they're honest and because they're open. And you can see a bunch of friends just really sitting around having a good time and then you get to join them and it's like you're hanging out with other people so it's two very different experiences uh two different techniques from uh, a producer standpoint and from a player or dm's uh standpoint but i i enjoy them both for for different reasons i do have to say one thing that i do love about live streaming is I don't have to edit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit easier though, right? You don't have 20 yeah. hours of work waiting for you when you're done.
4: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't really even connected this analogy in my head until I was listening to you guys answer that question, but it is a little bit like how I, I could be a fan of a band and like their studio albums and really appreciate the care and craft that went into mastering that studio album. But there's just something really great about going to a live show and seeing the 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 mess ups and the you know the the audience reactions and feeling that and that's you know kind of what you get out of the the streaming versus what a, a crafted audio podcast experience is, right? Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. And that live interaction with the people that are on the stream sometimes too. Yeah. Like you can't do that with podcasts. You can talk about it afterwards. But the ability to be in chat, like just like we have people in chat now and go, I agree with this thing going on, <laughs> could, uh, be in that audience with everyone and go, hey, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? You know, Or like, I don't think that rule was right. You can't really do that with podcasts unless you talk about it afterwards, like you would with a TV show or a movie. That live stream, you get that audience there uh, as you would with a live show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Remember, like the, uh, the Critical Role season one finale like the, you were i think in the chat with us too there's 30 something thousand people watching that finale happen
0: when 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 that the was hand crazy. was was taken it was very yeah uh viscerally like whoa you would not be able to see that uh that that moment would not have the power if it was not that just happened yes you know, even if it was an edited thing, it would you know, they probably would have been more dramatic music and like, well, all this stuff that would happen, but there was just something seeing the reactions from the other players uh when that occurred. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah,
4: it was that shared experience. Um, and that shared experience is something that live streaming has that that podcasts don't.
0: Right. Uh, but I, I love what podcasts do I love the the idea and you guys have mentioned how going back to a radio play where uh, I was a huge fan when I was a kid of, of listening to The Lord of the Rings uh, uh, audio play that was I think created by the BBC uh, as well as uh, they're all British uh, the, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the, yeah, the, Hitchhikers got of the Galaxy uh, uh, as well as uh, I think we might have lost video uh oh it just all of a sudden closed down <laughs> Oh, my gosh. What? Shelly.
1: Happened. Did you do that? I might have. You. My FOMO might have taken over the interwebs you... and just shut it down.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened either. Actually, I think I know something. We just got booted off a uh, video service. So I'm so sorry to cut that interview short uh, with Josh and Victoria. It was fascinating. We yes. We just... Uh, about to wind it down. I was going to ask them all of their personal details and where we can find them. Uh, so I'll do my best to tell you. Uh, so Josh Peralt is the Dungeon Master for the Taking Initiative uh, podcast. You can find that on the spark.network slash Taking Initiative. Um, they are uh, an awesome uh, D&D live show. Uh, you can follow Josh himself personally. He's at Xeroxys the Beard on Whoa. Twitter. Uh, so that's... X I R O X I S the beard all one word uh, that's T H E B E A R D so yeah you can find out everything that he's doing there uh, and then Victoria Rogers is uh, dungeon master for the broadswords uh, and uh, you can follow them on done uh, I'm sorry on Twitter at the broadswords as well as uh, Victoria herself at Mimi Merlot M hmm. I M E M-E-R-L-O-T. I didn't need to spell Merlot for you. Not for me. Yeah, you knew that That's right away.
1: actually... One of the best Twitter handles ever.
0: It's, it's, it is pretty great. Uh, you would have enjoyed uh, speaking to v- Victoria, but yeah. uh, you... Next
1: time, next time.
0: Saw how much fun we were having, and you decided to spoil it. I know, because I'm a spoil sport. Nice.
1: Don't want you to have fun without me, Tito. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but you can find out everything about the podcast of Waterdeep Promotion that we were talking about uh, at dnd.wizards.com uh, slash articles, slash events, slash podcasts, Waterdeep. Oh, my God. Dash Water Deep. Uh, It is on the main page if you just go to articles and stuff all about that. Um, But we've got all of the groups that are working together. Uh, Again, there is North by North Quest, Dragon Friends, Taking Initiative, the Broadswords, Venture Maidens, Dungeon Drunks. You meet in the tavern, Drunks and Dragons. And, then, of course, two special episodes after that uh, with uh, the guest Dungeon Master, Lisa Chen. Uh, oh. Who is amazing and uh, Aram Bardian uh, on the last one? So awesome. good stuff. They were talking about all the amazing uh, Dungeon Masters being together on a conversation, and I saw a few screenshots shots of that conversation on Twitter. Oh
1: my god, really that's great. awesome! Yeah,
0: they all got together like basically was like a writers' room of. of I them love all that creating it all together, and
1: that's a great idea.
0: The product uh, you're going to be able to see is on the Dungeon Delve podcast feed, uh, which is different than this Dragon Talk here feed. Um, But it's available uh, everywhere you get podcasts, and those episodes will start to drop starting on September 10th, uh, and then every um, uh, day of the week, Monday through Friday, following that. So, uh, again, the first one will drop on the 10th, and then it will uh, conclude that Friday on the 14th, start up again on the 17th, and go all the way to the 21st. And it is a continuous story set in and around the podcasts of Waterdeep. Uh, So check it all out. I'm excited. I will. Sorry again for Shelly being so mean and Me cutting too. off that interview.
1: Yeah, sorry, everyone.
0: I know. Way to be a jerk about it.
1: I know. I feel really bad now.
0: Well, that's okay, uh, because we will send the walking statues to smash you.
1: Don't you
0: dare. We will. They will go Duh. Hulk smash. Oh,
1: I get enough Hulk smash <laughs> in my house. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is Hulk smash. It's a
0: little bit too much, S- too much. smashing. Too much. Too much.
1: Yeah, those walking statues.
0: Mm. 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 Good
1: interview, though, Tito.
0: Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I would have been better if I had my co-host, but uh, I do the best I can. I don't know about that.
1: (laughs) I might, instead of lift you up, I might actually bring you down. (laughs) (laughs)
0: There's only one way to find out. Uh, Anything else that we wanted to hit before we get on out of here? Uh, You've got some fun games coming out, right? Oh, just a few. What's, what's Do you happening? like
1: the board games, you're going to like October and November. Uh, Access and Allies and Zombies at the end of October, Betrayal Legacy at the beginning of November. Yeah. And our other new favorite game. All good things. Did we things. ever talk about it? I still don't know where I am in the time.
0: We have not yet talked well, about it. You're going to love it. You might get a hint at it here. It's super fun. You're going to love it. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, we got uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist coming out uh, September 7th in game stores. Dungeon of the Mad Mage is coming out uh, November 2nd uh, in game stores. And then, of course, we got the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica November 9th in stores. Good stuff. Love it. All around. Lots of games for you. Uh, as well as ways for those younger than you to get into Dungeons and Dragons with the ABCs yes. and one two threes of D and D, not to mention the uh, coloring book and that other thing that we—that other about. thing. That other thing. It starts about. early and it's going to go gonna all sure. night long.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, does it look to you like the ceiling is a little? It bit... doesn't
1: look very stable. Maybe we should move. Ah! Oh no.
0: Rocks fall. But I'm alive!